Welcome to the New Life Digging Deeper podcast, where we take Sunday sermons a step further, giving you the opportunity to gain greater understanding and ultimately grow your relationship with Jesus. Hello, everyone. We are so excited that you joined us today on the Digging Deeper podcast. My name is Cody Gesser. I am the worship pastor here at New Life Church in Morton, and I'm joined with... Brian Wilmarth. I'm the senior pastor here at uh, New Life. Good to be with you all. Yeah, and we are continuing our series this weekend in The Reconciled. This has been a really cool series, and there's just been a lot of good conversation around it. Mm-hmm. Um, this past weekend, was we talked about the how, so we kind of got down to the nitty-gritty, and mm-hmm. I saw people just writing out notes and just going to town <laughs> because yep. there were so many golden nuggets from this weekend. And Pastor Brian, how do you feel coming off the weekend? Yeah, I, I, I've really enjoyed this whole series, and, and it wasn't mm-hmm. good to get to the practical side of things. Admittedly, like it was a long Long sermon and there's a lot of content so yeah we, we almost tension. held the record for a new life series right. sermon sorry i can't talk today but yeah we were like an hour 20 or yeah, something yeah it was a so. long one it was a long yeah, one and, and i hope i hope it wasn't boring long or anything like that it was good stuff, lot to get through yeah lot but to get through. it is it is cool that we we're actually getting into more of the practical side of things and mm-hmm. like how do we actually do mm-hmm. this what does it look like and so um, yeah, this last Sunday was that first part of that. How how do we actually do what we're talking about? And we'll continue that this coming Sunday where we'll finish kind of a how sort of per- approach there and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's been good. I've, I've enjoyed the series. I think it's really helpful and really needed for all of us. So yeah, love it. You were able to pull out some really rich scripture um, Mm. and some good passages, and one was from Romans 12 where it talked about not repaying evil for evil, but then it talks about um, God's wrath and how Mm. we're supposed to leave it to him. Yes. As I I sat with that, I just wondered for people who struggle with seeing God as like this overbearing like figure and he's going to bring fire Mm -hmm. down from heaven, um, how do people rest in that? Yes, that's a good question. That that word wrath is a bit of a yeah, trigger it's word. It's a trigger word. We we just mm-hmm. we immediately think of of intense devastation and fire and brimstone, those kinds of things. And um, you know, I think I think it's good to check uh, ourselves in that. Like we're bringing an assumption or bringing mm-hmm. some baggage right, to that right. word, um, whatever. I think what Paul is talking about when he says leave room for God's wrath, um, I do think he means the word wrath, but maybe not quite the way that we think like God does have wrath and he's wrathful. Um, but it's a, it's a function and this is kind of the, the shift for me. It's a function of his love. Like mm. his wrath is actually something that is loving because he cares about people. He cares about his creation and he doesn't want anything to happen to it. And so it's a protective intensity. I think it's the right kind of anger, that kind of thing. So when we hear wrath, we think of vindictiveness, but he's not vindictive at all. He's actually very loving and it's very measured. That's what um, Paul is trying to point to is like, don't take revenge. You know, as human beings, we would want to like one up one another. We'd want to get even or, you know, go farther. And that's kind of the way revenge functions for us. But with God, it's not that way. He he pours out justice. It's like this is what's right to restore and to um, bring appropriate consequence. So I think when we hear wrath, we think of the super intense meanness. But God's not mean. 
he he's just yeah refiner it's for their good exactly right if you look at it Mm -hmm. from that stance yeah and and if you look at it too from um like if he's he's bringing about justice he's looking to preserve and protect sometimes that does mean those who don't want to be a part of that like if they're enemies against that that goal then god's going to defend what is good and right and defend his people and and that is why you do see some drastic kinds of things take place especially in the old testament but it's not like God's enjoying it. He's, he's, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. Haha, I'm glad I can do this to people. He's no, it, it grieves him, but he's, he cares about things being right and people being, um, treating each other the right kind of way. So, and that's really, really important to him. And therefore he's going to bring about the right kinds of justice and ends and consequences. Whereas human beings, we go too far and we, mm-hmm. we, we want to prove ourselves on top. Whereas God's trying to bring about what's right. So to me, that's part of the distinction and part of what's the difference. Um, seeing wrath as a function of his love. That was helpful for me to understand more of what's hmm. going on there. Yeah, so if we're yeah. seeing his wrath as a function of his love, our responsibility also isn't, well, God's going to take care of them. He's going to destroy them, and I'm just going to let... They're going to get theirs. That's mm-hmm. not what it's saying, that we're supposed to just sit and like bask in the fact that they're going to be yes. done right. Um, it, yes, that's so, exactly right. And that's not our part is to ignore. Mm-hmm. So what is the actual posture that we're called to from this passage? Like, mm-hmm. how are we actually supposed to handle that in the moment? And mm-hmm. what are we looking for? Yeah, I think um, every situation is going to be different. But broadly speaking, it is um, it is looking for what is right, what is just, and trying to uh, pursue that within the context uh, of the situation. But one of the things we will, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit in the in a moment. Um, but we can't manufacture or make something happen. We can't change another person. We can't do, and we can't coerce them either. And so I think when Paul's saying, don't take revenge, he's, he's not talking, he's not calling us to, to coerce people or to manipulate. We are to rather pursue what's good, but release outcomes. And I think sometimes, um, that is the posture. Like we're, we're going to stand for what's right. We're going to put up boundaries. We're going to say, here's, here's how this needs to go. And, take that kind of posture, like say, here's what I'm looking for, offer that kind of honesty. And, and here's, here's what's best in my, my best estimation. And can you come through on that? Can you do that with me? And if they can't like, okay, then I'm, I'm going to have to take a step back and I'm hmm. going to have to be, um, you know, operating a little differently, but it's not a, like you're going to get yours and I'm going to bask in that sort of thing. It's rather, a. a like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust that God is gonna bring about the right kinds of ends. Right. I'm gonna pursue that. I'm gonna try to work towards it. But I can only take care of me. I can only be responsible for me. I can't, I can't make something happen for somebody else. I can't change them. Uh, and I think sometimes that's what we do. We're, we're, we're trying to bring about the ends that we want, mm. uh, rather than maybe what is best. And we're not giving other people agency like they need to they need to have their choice they need to choose to live in this new reality or the the way things should be so i think that's part of it too um yeah we're gonna get into that yeah right 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 right. (laughs) soon one of my favorite things you shared in this series but um one of the points you talked about is it's not who's right it's what's right um Mm -hmm. and on paper that sounds great yeah yeah makes sense right sure but in most of my conflicts (laughs) there's someone who's right and there's something that's right yes so how do we shift that Mm -hmm. in those moments yes yeah the the phrase um 
is not meant to say that there's not somebody who is right because oftentimes at least in a you know like a large measure or majority measure, yeah. yeah it's like they this person on this side of they're getting it right more than the other but the the shift happens it's not about who it's about what is actually right so one person probably is going to get certain things right and, and it might be like all like you did this you said you would and, and it's clearly mm-hmm. like yeah so like i use the illustration of taking out the trash or whatever um you know like if i'm like no 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 you said Jess coming in, it's like, no, you always take out the trash. That's your responsibility. You said you would. Like, she is right, but it's not the fact that she is right. Right, right. It's about the fact that what is actually We're not having this argument to show that someone is right. Correct. Yeah. We are trying to work towards what actually is right. And so if we're focused on who is right, then it's going to be like, well, how do I like work it so that I'm right, right, whether I'm actually right or not? So we can clearly see why I struggled with understanding that <laughs> concept. I hear what you're saying, but yeah. I am right most of the time, that's right. Brian. <laughs> no, that's really good. Yeah. Like the, for the sake of the conversation, we're not having this argument to to, um, to uncover who here correct. is correct. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and there's um you know, again there's some people who are they tend to be right like it just whether personality or very they're very precise or whatever like they tend to be right the problem comes when the arrogance that follows that yeah it's like well i'm right because i'm always right well that's not quite true because maybe there is a moment it's like you miss something or yeah. whatever so it's not about who's right it's about what's right you're saying you can be wrong about how you're right yes exactly <laughs> I, I like that let's that's tag really that good. there that's we right. go <laughs> <laughs> You talked about sharing honestly and gently, mm, and you said yeah. take appropriate responsibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, that is huge. Taking responsibility is a challenge for us, for sure. And yes. I think it's a challenge for us to really actually know what that looks like mm-hmm. um, because we season it with things like, Yes, I understand that this is blah, 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 but mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So how do we take the but you and eat that? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I think that the taking responsibility, that's something that I've been learning a lot about over the last several years, and, and I'm trying to learn more because I still think there's so much to be gleaned from this. But that that question, like what's what's my responsibility and what's the other person's responsibility, that's just a really good good, wise question to explore. Cause I think so often we don't get that right. Um, I don't know that I get that right. Most of the time. Um, I think there's some times where it's, uh, you know, maybe someone's pointing out something in the conversation where there's conflict and, and, and they're correct. You know, this is what's right. And, and I got that part wrong. Like I need to own that. And so that's where it's like, you're right. How I spoke about that. Or I, I didn't say, or I didn't remind you, like I said, I would, you know, like those kinds of things own that that's taking responsibility i'm sorry i I apologize for that that's taking responsibility and i think we've got to we've got to be open and humble to receive those moments where maybe we've gotten something wrong even if we're on the side of 80 percent right or in the conversation Mm -hmm. or whatever um because not um not that we have to like to make things right we have to own every little bit but it's it, it is it is honoring to the person. It's honoring to what's actually right. And it actually is moving through whatever barriers there are to resolving the conflict. So that whole, that whole taking responsibility and confessing piece, that's really, really helpful. On the other side of it, 
I think as much as we maybe want to put more responsibility on the other person, like, well, but you did this and, and I'm trying to elevate like you're wrong, even if it's only just a little bit, um, that's casting off more responsibility from ourselves to another person. Oh yeah. I think we do the opposite though, too. Sometimes like as an example, you know, if we go back to the trash image, like, Hey, you know, you were supposed to take out the trash. Jess is saying this to me and uh, I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. But you know, it's all just always so hard. And she could offer help and help is good. But sometimes we take too much, you know what? I'll just do it. That's fine. And sometimes that's okay. Like that's not a bad thing. But I think the tendency comes when we cross that line of enablement. And what I mean by that is oh, yeah. mm-hmm. when when somebody's perpetuating kind of a wrong behavior and we just want it to have the certain kind of outcome, the trash has been taken out. Again, those are certain certain instances where it's okay to do that. But if it's a bigger sort of thing, like you consistently lie to me, mm-hmm. that's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. I can't cover for you. It's like you lied to so-and-so or you lied to our neighbors, you lied to our kids or whatever. Like you you, got to be careful about trying to cover over and take too much responsibility away from that person. You know, if it's a perpetual kind of thing, the biggest harm we can do is make it softer for somebody. And I think um, that's when we're taking too much responsibility away from somebody on ourselves. So like, we we try to fix it or we try to make things better for them now there's there's a of course growth and patterns of learning like how can we get better at something we help someone along the way but i think too often we enable Mm -hmm. and we're 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 softening things or we're not telling them something because we want to make it easier for them like those are the kinds of things that i think we're taking too much responsibility from somebody by making it easier so when I say like speak honestly and, and speak clearly and, and, and give the full picture, that's what, kind of what I mean. Like if we're holding back, if we're not telling somebody something, we're actually taking a spon- responsibility away from them to work towards a healthy, good solution. If the pattern is lying, like how, how do we help somebody learn? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm chronically misspeaking. I'm ch- chronically lying to people. I need to work on that because I need to be a truth teller. We don't want to just make it easy. It's like, oh, okay, then, you know, I'm just going to make it easier for everybody by, by speaking for you. And also, like, we're not helping them. We want to actually enable them to grow in the ability to speak truth consistently and learn that, that habit, learn that pattern. So that's kind of what I mean. I don't know. That feels a little convoluted, but um, maybe just a resource that I'll point people to. Um, Henry Cloud, he's a psychologist and, and, and a bit of a theologian, a Christian um, he's written a number of books from the realm of psychology, but he wrote a brilliant one, Boundaries. And mm. that that was the trigger for me to really like understand a lot more of this. Um, we often will violate what's appropriate boundaries for us with other people, uh, especially when it comes to like family and, and those who are close to us. We, we do more for them um, than we should. Like if you have a, a you're a not part, actually helping them either. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Like mm-hmm. somebody who, you know, like a little kid's like, I can't put my shoes on. It's like, I can help you get your shoes on. But if I do it consistently for you, for you, he's never going to learn to put his shoes on on his own. Mm-hmm. That's taking away his responsibility, mm-hmm. his agency. And I think we do that in emotional contexts. We, mm-hmm. we are taking away the feeling of pain. We're taking away sadness for people or we're taking away their ability to work through whatever the challenge is. 
I think that's part of what I'm what I'm getting to. We don't want to be the people who always have to put on their shoes because then like a little kid's going to grow up and they don't know how to tie their shoes. Yeah. Like that's the kind of enabling and taking away of responsibility. So I think it's actually loving and best when we are honest and when we are clear with people yeah. in a conflict. That's interesting. As you were talking about that, I was thinking um, – well, that's kind of a smaller group of people potentially, mm. but it's actually not. It's not. I've been surprised by that. Um, and and Cloud's work, Henry Cloud's work, helped me to see that. Like, oh, I, I actually have this tendency where I take mm-hmm. more responsibility away from people, and even in subtle ways. Yep. Um, and so it's it's more pervasive than we think. And I I would bet that most of us, you know, who are listening, we do this in ways that we're not yeah. even aware of. Like if you, we had talked about in reconciliation, what are your tendencies? Like yes. if you want to yeah. avoid conflict, mm-hmm. you probably are in this boat. Yes. Yep. To me, the, to a certain extent. Yeah. To the avoidant side of things is taking away responsibility. Cause what, even fundamentally, if there's a conflict and you don't share it with somebody, you're taking away their ability to mm-hmm. work it out and correct whatever problem on their side there is. Yeah. And and so that's taking away responsibility and we're not we're not helping them become a better person. It's it. so interesting because that's such a personality thing too. It is. Because yeah. to some people that sounds harder, mm-hmm. but for me that sounds easier. Mm, yep. Yep. I think that's so true. Um depending on your wiring, you know, your right. personality or your, yep. your background, like maybe your family dynamics. That to me, I've seen that come to play both in my life and others that I've ministered with and then people I've ministered to. Um, family dynamics actually really yep. comes through yep. this big time. I can time. totally see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see that flush out in your parenting yeah, right, in comparison, right. you know, with, yep. with your spouse. Um, wow, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, one of the biggest pieces of all this I have really appreciated was talking about releasing outcomes. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. And man, if you're able to do that, a lot of this other stuff kind of becomes secondary mm-hmm. and just naturally falls into place. What are some just like small tweaks that we can use mm-hmm. in our lives to help us release outcomes? Because that's, that's really challenging because mm-hmm. we all walk in with different kinds of expectations. Yeah. Um, so what's something that we could offer to the listeners that they could maybe use as a tool mm-hmm. or something that they're seeing through a different lens? Mm-hmm. I think um, for me, where I found it most helpful is that preparation process. So we talked about prepare and go. That was like kind of the first step. Um, one of the things that I found really helpful when I do it and when I slow down enough to do it is ask myself, what's my goal? What am I hoping for? When it's all said and done. And oftentimes what I'll say to myself or what I'll write down as I'm thinking about it is way more self-interested. Like often if there's conflict, I might be worried about my reputation or how I look to somebody else or this person. Like so often it's something comes back to it's like I want to look good or I want to I want it to be easier for me. And that that kind of self-focused mindset is what often leads us to not release outcomes. Like we want to control to have a certain ends. So if I'm kind of know where it's coming from, then I can, I can step into it in a different kind of way. So I think step one or, or a key element is to even just self-reflect. What am I really hoping for? Like deep down, what's the goal that I'm seeking? And then is that goal actually valid or warranted or best? Um, and, and maybe 50% of the time or something like that. I think when we name that and we see that it's maybe more self-interested, 
and we're able to move from that, we step into the more healthy version of all this. Cause then it's not about me. It's not about me getting what I want, but it's actually what's best. Hmm. Yep. And so I found that to be a really helpful piece. Oftentimes we're looking for a certain kind of outcome. And so right. if we name that and, and see that this is actually what God wants, then we can move into better. Um, so I think that's a key one. I think also um, remembering that we can't, like we said earlier, uh, we can't control the other person. We can't make them be a certain way. Like even our kids, like we want to train them and teach them how to behave responsibly. And there's some some measure where we've got to teach them how to do that. We can't make them do that. We can't make something happen. And if we're trying to, then um, we're, we're going to operate in the wrong kind of way. We're going to, um, you know, it's going to lead us to make choices or, or do it in the wrong kind of way. Whereas if we're seeing it as a learning opportunity, especially when it comes to kids, let them fail. Like here, here's what I'm asking you to do. Here's what I'm, and let it be okay that if they don't come through when we're releasing the outcomes, if it's like they have to be successful, or I have to be successful. We're actually moving from that to it's okay if it doesn't go well or if it's a failure then we're actually gonna move into the better version of that because i think conflict um i think um these kinds of challenges that we face are actually opportunities to learn where we can get better and when we see it that way then then i think we actually get to reap the fruit long term in a better kind of way so to me, it is, it's preparation. What's the goal that I have here? And then am I, am I okay with failure? I think those two things just have been really helpful for me. And I think in reconciliation, one of the things we've communicated is there are times when it's not going to reconcile, at least the way that it was or, or the way that you want it to be. And that's okay. Almost a failure, if you will. But in the long run, it actually might be better because maybe this is a relationship that's just not healthy or not okay yeah. to exist. And, and it's got to change. Sometimes change happens best through failure. So I wonder if, if those kinds of things are, are really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if our tagline is being um, reconciled through him for, for others. For others, or, yeah. I mean, it's the same way by releasing outcomes. We're also releasing the person in the same mm-hmm. way that like God releases us. And that's just beautiful. Yeah. Yes. And, and in many ways, um, you know, we can play a part in someone's story. We can help them on, on life's journey, maybe even in a significant moment where they, they're struggling with something, there's conflict between us, and we're just able to help them grow through that. That's beautiful, but that's not on our shoulders. That's on, that's on Jesus. That's on the Spirit. That's on what God is doing in their lives. And he's the one that can actually bring about true change. We can't. We can just participate in what he's doing. And I think when we see that, we're not to manufacture something, we're to join what God is already doing, then I think we're in just a much better place and the pressure's off. We don't have to make something happen. We're, mm-hmm. we're able to go along for the ride that God is doing rather than us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that. Yeah. This is, like I said, this has been a really cool series mm-hmm. and I think it sparked a lot of imagination for people and I feel like God's really working in our body right now just through this sermon series. So we're coming up on the last week and yep, yeah, so what do we have in store? Yep, so it's kind of part two of how um, and we use the image of kind of like with a map versus a guide. So, you know, if you're like hiking or you're going on a journey or whatever and, and you've got the map, you kind of know 
here's A to B, what it kind of looks like, but then actually getting on the road or getting on the path. And it's like, oh, didn't expect that. Or the map doesn't show that. How do we handle some of those like kinds of things? That's where if you have a guide, it's like somebody who's been there before, they've walked this road or they've driven down this path before. Um, like then it's like, oh, okay, you can trust the guide. Well, Jesus is our guide and Jesus brings wisdom. So what does it look like for us to have wisdom on the road in the conversation, in the process of reconciliation, what are some of the things that can help us see in a different kind of way? So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that and uh, round out how we actually do this. So that's what's coming up for this last week. should be uh, should be helpful, and and I'm excited just to dive into some of these tools. So. That's awesome. So hope you are joining us this weekend. Um, if you are not, we'll have it on the podcast and we'll have podcasts next week. Yep. If you have any questions, you can always contact us at contact at newlifeonline.org. We appreciate you guys and we'll catch you next time.